0: Welcome to Relatable with Ash, where we talk about all things mindset, wellness, relationships and empowerment. So I'm just editing this episode of the podcast and I've gotten to the part where Jade is introducing herself and I've realized I've even said it in the podcast that at that moment in time of the recording, we were delivering the same content and helping the same kind of clients and the reason that I wanted to point this out is because and it actually reminded me of a story I had when I was doing beauty therapy from home in another suburb there was this this idea that you have to figure out who in your suburb is doing the same thing as you and then do it better or do it different and that it's a competitive mindset and, you know, competition is okay. Having a competitive mindset is okay. But what's not okay is the, the lack of support that people can give each other because they are in competition. So Jade and I both at the time of recording were doing – had the same purpose, And we both naturally never once felt like we couldn't help each other, couldn't share information with each other, or felt like we were going to steal each other's clients. And that's something that I wanted to point out, because this podcast that you're listening to today is all about, you know, dropping the comparison and the judgment and the fear around women and understanding that we all have a space here. You know, when it comes to business, There are so many people out there and that both her and I could service. But at the same time, what we're doing is more about our why. What we're doing is more about our purpose than, you know, little itty-bitty competitiveness. And so you have to understand that in order to move past any, you know, competition that results in malicious intent or or egotism, right? Jade and I are here to support each other. We go back and forth over voice notes sometimes with our personal lives. And I have other life coach friends that we help each other out in our personal lives and in business. And there's no preventing each other from learning and from growing. And we want to support each other. And that is something that I think it feels the media doesn't portray it doesn't look like that all these business women who are doing the exact same thing or a similar business venture are supporting each other and maybe they're not and maybe that's why they're getting a leg up but at the end of the day why are you doing what you're doing and move from there move from that space that's a space of understanding I'm here to help whoever wants to be helped and on top of that, whoever wants my specific help, understanding that we each, every single one of us, whether you're in business, whether you're a fucking accountant or you're a hairdresser or you're a nurse, and that's not to to degrade or any of those careers, right? Because they're just labels. That's not who you are, first of all. Secondly, I've been a beauty therapist for six years. Like <laughs> I'm not judging anyone on their career at all. I door dash. I deliver food to your door. I get in my car, I drive to McDonald's, and then I drive to your house. I'm not judging anyone in that, that area at all. But my point is understanding that everyone has a space in this community even if every single person was a nurse, let's say there were actually weirdly <laughs> enough nurses <laughs> going around and we were all getting paid the right rate, right? What I can deliver as a nurse compared to Betty is going to be slightly different. We might have the same knowledge. We might have studied at the same place. We might be just as smart as each other. But our life experiences and our pers- personality is what gives us our driving edge and our difference. And so when you understand that, not just in business, but in life, you understand that you cannot compare one rose to another. You can't compare the white rose to the red. You don't compare the beauty of the lily to the daisy. They're both beautiful and they're beautiful in their own ways and they grow at their own rates. And when you fully get that, then you understand why we need to support each other. This is actually something that I touch on in day one of my Love, Sex, and Magic Masterclass, I think. I think it's day one. Maybe it's day two. I don't know. Anyway, that's happening probably as we speak, (laughs) but replays will be up if you want to watch them. Um, Anyway, I digress. I'll stop rambling. I'll let you get on with the episode. Love you very much. Thank you for listening welcome back to relatable i'm here with the beautiful jade Delpup, and we how we met is interesting so the first time i met jade she probably didn't actually meet me we Mm -hmm. i did um nlp through wild success which is a company that jade worked for is working for um and Yeah. (laughs) yeah and you you were helping teach like some of the NLP tools or in the the I can't even remember what the exact one was that I went through um the art of coaching or yeah or if yeah. it was the 5 day one but um that's where I found out about you and I started following you um and mm. then we kind of just connected on Instagram as well and yeah. it's funny because we 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 work along the same lines like with our clients in the coaching realm mm-hmm. as each other what do you want to explain what it is that you do yeah
1: cool um well thank you so much for having me as well um it's an absolute pleasure to be here so i'm jade i'm a relationship coach so i help girls have better relationships with themselves and others so themselves being that key component of any relationship if you're not comfortable with yourself and you're not in love with yourself then you kind of struggle to connect with others and, and show up as yourself, as your true self in other scenarios. So I really try and work one-on-one with women and in groups
0: to make them feel better about themselves. It's beautiful. I love that. And hundred percent agree. Um, and before, just before you were doing this, you were working with like through self-worth with women. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I think I've kind of always done the same thing. I think I Mm -hmm. just start branding it as relationships because I've always been very fascinated with my own previous relationships. And I'm someone that my friends and family normally come to for relationship advice. So I have now just kind of pivoted and included that, but it all stems from self-worth. Like that's probably the core of what I do. I I definitely brand it as relationships because everyone obviously wants connection. Everyone wants love and everyone really struggles in that field if they don't have self-worth. And that's what I help them discover and help them get clear on and and connect with to have better relationships.
0: Totally. Even thinking about the friendships and the relationships that I've had in the past, the ones that I look back on in hindsight that weren't serving me i chose those in my opinion i chose those because my worth was so low that i was willing to let in people that treated me as such yep. and i just didn't have that understanding so yeah oh yeah. such big work it's beautiful I totally I'm, agree totally look at us go <laughs> i love it, <laughs> yeah. I love love it. okay cool <laughs> so i wanted to have jade on because jay i had the privilege of being on jade's podcast and we talked about relationships duh because we both love talking about Mm -hmm. relationships stuff um but we dived into open relationships which is something that my husband and i have spoken about before not that we've actioned but it's i love being able to communicate openly (laughs) about that stuff (laughs) Um, and in doing so, we kind of opened up conversation between Jade and I about her experiences in previous relationships, where she has kind of played around with that idea. So do you want to explain if you're willing to, Yeah, absolutely what what that looked like for you?
1: Yeah. So probably my first experience was with my partner in high school um a very immature relationship but for some reason yeah yeah you know that's where we gotta start um yeah like lots of oh that's a strange word dude it wasn't a lot but a few times a few different times um there were a couple of threesomes there was um i don't know this is gonna make me sound so dirty but like two guys two girls like just super experimental and i don't know what it was but I was just, I think because it was the first time I ever experienced it, I was super excited. I was like, yes, this is fun. Like, I i want to include these people. I want to explore. And I think obviously the only problem with that relationship was he was someone that always cheated on me. So I don't know if it came from a place of just wanting to be included
0: <laughs> when he was,
1: kind of messing around, or maybe I had this belief that I had to do that kind of stuff as well for him to want to stay or, you know, it's, it was this whole mess, but that was my first couple of experiences. And then I actually did it with my ex partner who was actually my fiance at the time, um, we also explored the emotional side of open relationships. So we both set the boundaries that we weren't really sure if we wanted to do anything physical. However, I had done a lot of self um, discovery around this topic and I was very interested in just other people being involved. And I learned things like what a unicorn was and, um, I learned that it was also okay just to have a turn on to watch him talk to other women. Um, and I, mm. we would use, we used to go out to clubs together and, you know, set our boundaries first. And I'd say, you know, I want you to go and hit on this woman. And then he'd come back and I'd just watch and it was a turn on. And that's pretty much as far as I got with it, but it was fun just, you know, testing what it was that I enjoyed and watching and, sometimes being involved, sometimes just watching, even sometimes just talking about it or fantasizing about things in my mind in our relationship. And I think Mm -hmm. it covers such a wide range of stuff, but still trying to get into it. So it's been a wild ride so far.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What's really cool. So thank you so much for sharing because this isn't a common thing that people are willing to speak about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important. So so much has come up. I, know, I don't even <laughs> know what this- your original
1: question was, but I'm like, ah, oh, stuff. <laughs> it. it out there. <laughs>
0: no, it's it's, it's p- perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So I'm even noticing as you're talking, I feel like slightly anxious, but also excited mm-hmm. just thinking about like what you're talking about. So I know mm-hmm. that my listeners are probably going to feel the same. There's going to be a lot of people that are probably triggered. Yeah. Um, and and I want to preface this to the listeners that that is completely okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be triggered. We don't need to run from these things. This is actually an invitation to look inwards. So the first thing I wanted to point out was it's no matter what the um, intention was behind in your first relationship, behind you getting into um, like threesomes and watching you know, other people, mm-hmm. I note, like, you said that you were excited regardless, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool, yeah. firstly. I wanted to note that. But I also read in the book that I recommended to you, there's a part yeah. where she says our first sexual experiences actually shape our, like, desire as an adult. Like, they, they're, they're so key and fundamental to, and this is, I'm going to go into a tangent, but this is also why a lot of men end up having... Um, porn addictions or they're mm-hmm. really stuck on like i need to have sex in this way because that's what i saw coming up it's the con- they've conditioned themselves because in- their first experiences are with themselves yeah true right whereas a lot of our first experiences, well, it depends on you know the upbringing you've had but a lot of our first experiences are with partners mm-hmm. um so that, it explains a lot as to why you were so open in that next relationship to be able to, mm. you know, have these flirty experiences. Um, my question to you is how did you, you know, obviously having been cheated on in the past as well, how did you feel in those moments when you would see your partner flirting with other people or you were you were there? Was there any was there excitement and also a bit of nervousness or explain Good that question. Good question. I think, um, I'm trying to think back
1: on all of them. There actually wasn't. No, there wasn't. And it's interesting you asked because now that I think back on it, I actually think I organized every single one of them. Like I orchestrated it. I chose the person and all of the time, which I don't think I'd be comfortable with now, strangely enough, um, was all of the situations where we friend or someone that we knew um and i think we were still like fresh out of high school so maybe we didn't know a lot of people but (laughs) um now thinking about that now if i were to do that it definitely wouldn't be with someone i know so i don't know where that switch happened but yeah i don't there was no jealousy because maybe i felt in control that's probably what i'll put it down to is i had I was in control and I was aware of it. So it wasn't happening behind my back. <laughs> so no jealousy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. And so, if, if, did you kind of have the understanding with your ex and your ex with you at the time that if, if something wasn't right, that you guys could communicate that and then it would just be like you'd just go home or whatever?
1: No, I think I don't, and for your listeners, I don't want this to be like you guys have to have this first experience because looking back on it now and if I compare it to my other experience with my ex-fiancé that I really feel like those first couple of experiences for me came out of almost desperation. Like I wanted to do it so bad because it was fun and it was my idea. Um, But I think it was coming from a place of a very insecure girl. I was cheated on all the time with this partner. So for me, it was... I almost felt like I had to do that for him to like me more or to be that cool girlfriend that does that, if that makes sense. We're getting a bit off topic, but, mm-hmm. um,
0: no, that's perfect.
1: yeah. And then in comparison to when I did it with my ex fiance, it was completely different. It was full communication. We talked about why I wanted to do it, why he wanted to do it. Um, he even brought up a boundary I didn't even think of when we were heading to the club. He said, you know, what if she tries to um, kiss me or do something physical? And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. I said, I'm i not really sure about that. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like, I just want to watch. And he's like, okay, cool. So it was nothing like that in my first experiences. Mm. It was just I think he was just happy to see some boobies. So <laughs> yeah yeah as men are yeah it's it's a bit sad but
0: yeah Uh, no I it I completely understand that too because as I was saying on your podcast I'd already had this conversation with Chaz in the past about open relationships and how that like it's a kind of cool idea you know if you're expecting to be with someone for the rest of your life that's a cool idea Um, and then you know he cheated on me and that ramped up my desire even more to be in an open relationship mm. because it felt safer. Yeah. If I'm giving you permission to go and do that, then you can't hurt me. Yes. Which true. is not the case. <laughs> yeah. It's not true at all. But that's that's something that um, it's just the way our mind works. It tries mm. to make logical solutions to emotional issues, and I think there's nothing wrong with us and there's nothing wrong with the listeners if that's something that's gone through their head before um that's actually really cool that you didn't experience it was like actually just a fun thing but at least for the the second time around for you yeah I really really like
1: that it's opened Pandora's box as I've I've actually really like I've mentioned to you really trusted you and and opened up to you and just felt really safe having this conversation because I know that you've mentioned a couple of times it's a little bit taboo with some people sometimes but i have no doubt that a lot mm. of people go through these thoughts in their head and it's such a tough time it is part of your personal growth and your journey like your sexuality and your whatever else you want to call it <laughs> your your yeah. when you're in touch with yourself and what you enjoy and stuff is part of the journey and i've never experienced this kind of turmoil like i thought it was Just something I did with that partner and not until I had the conversation with you on my podcast, it sparked this kind of like this whole other side of my identity about, is this actually something that works for me that I want to explore? Like I can, it is possible to have both, you know, and as much as I'm not okay with people cheating, I'm like, maybe he likes open relationships <laughs> my ex cheated on me probably not because he was like 18 and immature but you know like it's just opened yeah. my mind so much to consider what a relationship can be and what can be involved and it's just blown my mind like blown the lid right off so yeah
0: yeah that yeah (laughs) it's any can of worms that you open (laughs) wow and then it's like fuck (laughs) holy shit i'm so in the same boat i completely understand that and you know it doesn't help that it's not something we talk about too often like diving into your sensuality Mm -hmm. and your sexuality or have like real experiences to draw from as opposed to like what's in the movies and stuff like that yeah Um, and you know, there's so many books coming out that are even just changing the way I view infidelity. So I've always had this belief that, you know, men are the cheaters, Mm -hmm. right. And then I listened to this podcast. I can't even remember. It It doesn't exist anymore. Um, but the book that the doctor wrote is called untrue and it's all about women and infidelity and how it's actually, it's possible that it's actually more common in women and why that is and that exploration, that's wow. been so interesting. But I had to put the book down because it's also really hard to read. Yeah. Wow. Um, and in part, I understand that, you know, that comes from my hurt, but that also comes from this space of, I reject that, that part of me. Mm. I reject that I would ever do something like that, which is incorrect because I've, all, I have done that in the past. Yeah. I had this realization the other <laughs> the other day. I woke up during the middle of the night and I had the realization, and I was like, "Holy shit, I've been that girl. Yeah, I remember I, I wasn't dating this, I wasn't like in a relationship with this person, but I was dating them. and I was really into them. but I was also very insecure, and we were out for his friend's birthday or something, and he was literally right next to me, this guy that I was dating, and his best friend was next to me on the other side. And he was like asking for a birthday kiss and I was like, Oh, ha So funny. And then, yeah. And then he was like, no, seriously though. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I just, I hooked up with him in front of the guy that I was wow. dating. And Actually, I sandwich. like, when I realized that, <laughs> yeah. when I realized that the other night, I was like, fuck me. What a horrible person. Um, And then I had to take a step back and I had to be like, yo, like think about who you were back then. Like that's not acceptable. That's not, you shouldn't ever do that. But I had to look at myself with some compassion and be like, you know what, and and looking into self-forgiveness. And that's kind of a lot of the work that I'm sure that you do as well with your clients is like, you know, compassion is a huge part of that Mm, and and forgiveness of the self as well. It kind of segues into a conversation we were having the other day about how we're so willing to, as a society, forgive our partners for cheating, mm-hmm. but if they cheat with a friend, we will be less likely to forgive the mm-hmm. friend. So have you had an experience with that? <sighs> yes,
1: <laughs> I've had lots. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, I definitely have had situations probably all the time where I forgive my partner at the time, but never the girl. Um, I'm trying to think of, I've also had a scenario where I haven't forgiven the guy. And that's probably really harsh to say. I don't think I have. <laughs> and that's so mean. You haven't like forgiven me. Like, that's a whole other topic now. But for the reason I think we do it, And I actually don't know the reason. Let's explore this together. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. it's... Let's do it. For me, I think you have such a different connection with your romantic partner than you do with friends, right? And this is coming... My answer is coming from Mm -hmm. younger Jade because that's when I experienced it. So not as educated in this topic, not as understanding or, you know, so that mind frame, right? When I was younger. It's... I think we crave... The male attention or, or female, whatever your relationship you're in, you crave your romantic partner's attention because you feel like whether it's your first one or you guys are going to get and end up together forever, but you have lots of friends. So, do you feel like we mm-hmm. perhaps sacrifice or not forgive our female friends because we want to hold on to that romantic connection so desperately? That's probably one one alternative one way Mm. that it goes down
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it could definitely feel easier because also the amount of friendships we've been through Mm -hmm. in the past as opposed to possibly how many relationships we've been through we know how to get rid of friends and how to make new ones Mm -hmm. whereas as you get older dating and making uh, finding new partners that you're actually compatible with can be Mm -hmm. a little bit a little bit harder So we do hold on to that romantic attachment. I think you're like, you're hitting the nail on the head there as well. And by the way, listeners, we haven't like, we haven't thought this way. We're riffing on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) We're just telling you guys
1: the answers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're like just exploring the idea because it's such an interesting, a really interesting concept. We want to know the answer. Um, We
1: thought about this question and both of us were like, yeah, that's so interesting. That's so true. But we didn't know why. So we just, we definitely wanted to think about it
0: so mm-hmm. i'd like even thinking about thinking about it if it was to happen to me mm. it's a bit hard in this current r- relationship because if it was to happening and i would just leave um mm. but in a hypothetical situation i think that would be the answer i think the, the answer that it really again, depends
1: where you are in your own personal journey because if it would have happened to me today, I think I'd forgive them both. Like, I'm super understanding now. Like, I understand there's probably so much going on in their heads and I un- do you know what I mean? Like, I just understand and I'm a lot mm. more compassionate about things. But back then, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it was, even though I'd been cheated on, there there's a little bit of selfishness to forgive the guy and not your friend. Like, that's selfish of me. Like she was involved and mm-hmm. she probably fucked up and was sorry as well, you know, but mm-hmm. if it, if I think it depends, there's no concrete answer, everybody, depending on your beliefs, how much work you've done, how much self-worth you have. Cause if you're strong enough in yourself and confident enough, I've gotten to this place of self-worth where I'm like, I just, I'm almost taking a step back and I'm, I feel sorry for everyone else in in the way of what would you have had to have been going through to cheat on me like are you okay <laughs> do you know mm-hmm. what i mean like and yeah. I know that sounds awful really? for myself but i'm cool with my. i'm content with myself i know i'm great you're missing out here but are you okay yeah. <laughs> what's the girl going yeah. through and lacking in our relationship to do that to me and what is the guy trying to explore behind my back you know like i don't know i feel like if that happened now yeah. i'd have that outlook understanding so yeah
0: that's beautiful you, it is <laughs> <more than> little, <laughs> it is and there is a there is also um, I want to establish there's a difference in forgiveness mm-hmm. so like you can forgive someone and not have them in your yes. life you can forgive them from the get-go and still be like I've, I you know but i still I still want to let mm-hmm. you go um, And then there is also forgiveness and staying with Mm. the person as well. So like, it it doesn't really matter which way you go. You can still choose to forgive if you come back and do all that work. Um, But something else that I kind of touched on before that reminded me as you were talking was the idea that the women in our lives are like mirror images of ourselves. Mm. And so to, to have a woman act in that way. And that the idea that we would never do that to Mm -hmm. them is like a complete betrayal. But you also look at them and you're like, I don't want that Mm -hmm. in my life. And you reject, you reject not only that part of you that you like that you see in them, but you reject them as a whole Mm -hmm. in their entirety. And so you just, I don't want to feel like I'm attacking people because I have also Mm -hmm. been in this position, but there is a way of coming to terms. It's kind of like, okay, I think of parts mm-hmm. integration. That's mm-hmm. what I think of. There is this part of you that is, you may even denies within you, like I have within the past about, like, you know, the idea that I would ever cheat or hurt someone like that. And then when you realize that that part of you is yep. in there, you have to come to terms with it and have compassion for yourself. And in doing so, you have compassion for that other person. And then suddenly, there's less conflict internally mm-hmm. for you. And you can forgive that person. And at the end of the day, forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about how you feel inside. And do you want to keep holding on to that fear, that anger, that yes. hurt, that guilt? No. It makes me emotional so, listening to
1: you talk about it, actually, because it's. If you would just yeah. say to someone, no matter what age they were, no matter what they were going through, you know, forgiveness is such a huge lesson. Like even if you were the parent of a child that's mm-hmm. just been cheated on, do you know what I mean? Like what does forgiveness mean to you? And and it's funny that you said the the females are a mirror image of us. I think it's almost like unfortunately we expect that from guys. <laughs> so maybe that's why it's easier to forgive them because you're like, oh, yeah, I saw that coming. But you're right, the betrayal from a, mm. from a female is, oh, I'm just, I can't believe you, you, you went there. Shit. I don't know how to deal with this. Like I'd rather yeah. just get rid of you because I can't deal with the fact that you betrayed me. So, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. It was making me so emotional listening to you talk about that. Good job.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's beautiful that you allowed yourself to even yeah that space as well. It's like it's not always easy stuff to be – feeling. Um, and, and this kind of brings us full circle to the sister wound. So this is kind of a it's very common in the spiritual community talking about like the sister wound. But practically what it is is you you form all these beliefs around females and having females as friends and females in your life based on the experiences that you receive growing up, the way that you talk about girls like the way you continue to talk about female kind the way that your family spoke or you know valued or didn't value women Um, and so all of those if they become very negative then it's what we call the sister wound and you're probably going to end up being the person that doesn't really have female friends because they feel safer around guys because guys are easier because Mm -hmm. like these are all like beliefs that can develop from the sister wound that girls are dramatic girls are bitchy girls are hard work they're high maintenance um yet they're not Mm -hmm. trustworthy and whilst some of these things may actually be true about particular women the sister wound is something that is formed and generalized around Mm -hmm. all women and so these, these girls just put themselves in a little, (laughs) Um, yeah, they, they put themselves in a little box that feels safe, but that gets, that gets challenged when you Mm -hmm. meet new women as well. And so have, have, do you feel that as though you've ever had an experience with the sister wound where in terms of, like a great okay, i'll give you another example for me it was women that were very strong and uh, headstrong and would wear like revealing mm-hmm. clothes I didn't grow up with a lot of experiences around that and so i would just i would reject that i rejected that within myself I'd always wear like covered clothing i thought it was kind of like gross mm-hmm. almost and i did hear a lot of judgment around women that were yeah. that way and so i just stepped back from that interesting did you have any experiences around that? i'm
1: trying to relate to this in the way of it's almost like our belief systems right um i'm just Mm -hmm. trying to think i don't know if i have a lot of the sister wound theory or the belief systems around men but i'm just trying to think if i actually have any with girls and this is a good question because i may not be aware of them right you probably have those sister wounds but until Mm. someone brings it to your conscious awareness it's have I been telling myself Mm -hmm. this story up until now like about what a female is and what Mm. friends are supposed to do and all that stuff so let me have a look
0: I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if one but yeah that there's a lot around men too what are the what are the ones that I think it's um
1: this is what I say to a lot of my clients my family my friends this idea that this is a little bit off topic but this idea that if you, you're a partnership and you have kids and your partner cheats, you stay for the kids. I completely disagree with that because mm. then it creates this pattern of, cause I watched my mum stay and put up with a whole bunch of shit. It then creates this pattern and this belief system mm. that it's okay to put up with that. And it's okay to, yeah, put up with the abuse and put up with someone that cheats on you and you just stay right. And I'm trying to, Mm-hmm. match that with friendship as well. Like I talk a lot about on my podcast, toxic friends and when friends cross, cross, when friends cross boundaries, you may have a friend that um, gaslights you or puts you down, but maybe that's because you grew up in an environment maybe where your mum constantly criticized you or put you down and gaslit you. So you, you tolerate that in your female friendships, right? Maybe you're the quiet one in your female friendship group because you never had a voice in your household right you were seen but not be heard is that the same seen but not be heard yeah Um, Yeah. that's how I'm relating to it right whatever you grew up within the household is Mm -hmm. maybe if you're not aware of it it always comes from somewhere in your childhood (laughs) unfortunately Yeah. yeah
0: yeah 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 and that that's yeah. ooh, that's a can of worms too because you know your parents also mm. speaking on forgiveness your parents also experienced a certain level of you know struggle around the beliefs that mm. in the household they grew up in and then your parents parents also when they were children in their household and so it's just like this is where that whole idea of generational yeah trauma big t or little t yeah. comes into play um it's just this never-ending kind of cycle and it can be like with beliefs if you want to yeah. call it sister wound there's even like the mother wound is is the, you know the relationship that you had with your mom um it, it kind of like what you were explaining before to be honest and yeah it's not until you become first firstly aware of it and then secondly do something about it do something differently mm-hmm. to try to change that that change can actually happen and you know if you plan to have kids or even just you know the people around you the people around you benefit from that yeah seeing you healed seeing you react in different ways like it's amazing the sister wound going back to how do we forgive our
1: boyfriend but not our our girlfriend right when they cheat together or when when a girl sleeps with your boyfriend that's that continues Mm -hmm. the sister wound because it's like if you have another boyfriend or you try to make new friends as you maybe leave school or you go to university or whatever life part you're in. (laughs) I can't speak to me. Whatever part of your life you're in, (laughs) um, (laughs) that is something you always think about. And whether you're consciously aware of your trust has gone down and that wall will come up, that reinforces the story in your head that, you know, I can't trust females whether that happened to you personally or you watched it happen to mm. someone else in your family, maybe it's a pattern in your life because maybe you allow it to happen to some degree. That's a little touchy sentence there. Mm. But
0: you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I like the direction. Yeah, and that, that's, that's true. What, use
1: the sister wound and it's yeah. like, crap. You need to pattern interrupt. You need to stop mm-hmm. it and you need to assess what's going on around you. Otherwise, it can be very toxic,
0: very toxic. A hundred percent. I definitely had that with, um, like, when Chaz had cheated. I struggled so hard to forgive Mm. this girl. This girl that is a complete stranger to the both of us. It was so hard. I I definitely needed to, and this is a good lesson in forgiveness as well, I suppose. I definitely had to feel what Mm. I needed to feel first and find my footing there acknowledge what was going on and look after myself and have that compassion for myself before i could even consider trying to forgive this other girl because it was just too much work it was so hard and a lot of it is around social conditioning too thinking about like the way they treat oh okay here's a great example about like the wounded woman so i was watching this um <laughs> it's anime but it's like english anime um, it's called blood of zeus and they, it's a story about how Zeus, if if you're not familiar, he would love to come down to mm. Earth and fuck women behind Hera's back and Hera was his wife. And in this show, when Hera found out that he had cheated, she went on this wild, rage-filled rampage and wanted to kill, you know, the, the humans oh that he had slept with. and And she got painted as this bad guy. And I was like... Mm. what like just because a woman is emotional and you know is struggling struggling with that she gets yeah. painted as the, as the bad guy um and zeus has no in this show zeus has no mm. implication whatsoever like he's like yeah it's just what zeus does yeah, yeah it's cool but, which is an interesting trope and you know that's in the movies that we watch there's a lot of conditioning around that a lot of the time mm. the stories we're told like I'm not religious, but I know the story of Adam and Eve. And before Eve Mm -hmm. was there, Lilith was there. And if you've seen Supernatural, Lilith gets portrayed as this like seductress, um, evil kind of demon person. But the, the story behind it is that she actually, she was the first Eve. She was supposed to sleep with Adam and she said no. And God was like, well, if you don't sleep, if you don't do your job, then you're out. You're out of the Garden of Eden. And so she got right. painted yeah. as this, yeah, she got painted as this bad woman. Same with um, Mary Magdalene is a great example. She's, you know, she's this prostitute yeah. in the Bible. And it. there's so much negativity around her, you know, not i don't i don't think they're trying to portray that in mm. the bible but that's what ends up happening um, and yeah. just in regular culture so this it doesn't seem to matter what happens if the woman doesn't do what society expects of her what yeah then she gets penalized for it in some way she gets yeah. reprimanded it like, mm-hmm. it blows my do you fucking think that's mind think about
1: also cuz i think yeah. we learn from movies or just the social norm is a guy can sleep around as much as he wants and it's cool, right? I don't know if it's still the same nowadays, but a female sleeps around Mm -hmm. and she's labeled a whore or a slut or whatever it is. Do you think that contributes to Mm -hmm. maybe women holding back a bit more in discovering their sexuality and getting out there in fear of what does society think of me? Whereas guys do whatever the hell they want. They want to experiment because it's cool. Do you think it has anything to do with the females kind of holding back Mm -hmm. because of societal norms? Yeah.
0: One (laughs) thousand percent. And it's not even, to me, it's also not even like what will society think. It's actually our own inner judgments. Like the society's judgments Mm. are now internalized and we have that, there's that that little voice in our head that will stop us from doing something or make us feel a certain feeling to prevent us from doing that. And to me, a lot of that does come down to like social conditioning or societal or cultural conditioning. And I'm the, it's another can of worms. Once you open it, you see it all the time. And I think that's huge in everything that we've been talking about today. Absolutely everything. Being able to step back and and ask like, is this Mm -hmm. true? Is this true for me? Or Is this, does this belong to somebody else? And
1: it's the sister wound. Like, have you been brought up to believe this or have you watched it growing up and throughout all of your trauma, big T, little T, (laughs) you know, is it just part of your life lessons and experience Mm -hmm. or is it truly what you believe and who you are? That's so true.
0: Hmm. That's what's beautiful. Like even touching back to, you know, the first stories that you told there's in the, the, the reality that i grew up in um that was never it was never an option to mm. not be monogamous and so hearing you at such a young age no matter the intention being open mm. to those experiences like it blows my mind and it makes me so hopeful that regardless of the mm. the structure that you grew, grew up in you can choose Absolutely. your own path absolutely so that's what we cried over here girl yeah. <laughs> <That's so> <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> I know I've major unfortunately yeah 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 the, the, I think that's a whole episode on its own the idea that you know even the ideas that we have about women are so mm-hmm. profoundly shaped not just by our experiences mm-hmm. but by, by society as well an example is okay. Before I before I dive into this, were you a Taylor Swift fan? Oh, when you were I think I was more of an Avril Lavigne fan. I
1: do like Taylor Swift. I was like diehard Avril Lavigne. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's sick. That's sick. That's cool. Um, the reason I asked this is because I was okay, not <laughs> a major fan, and and but for ages I had this: I hate Taylor oh. Swift for no reason other than everything I saw in the media was like Taylor Swift's new boyfriend, Taylor Swift writes more (laughs) songs about boys, like of fucking course she does. Like it's (laughs) her job. (laughs) And like that's her muse. Like that's cool. But for so long as she started to become an adult, people judged her so much. And then all of a sudden I started to realize less and less people liked Taylor Swift and more and more people were judging her. And uh, this happens mm-hmm. without us even realising. One that my my mum's friends um, used to talk about was Jennifer Aniston and Gen- – Gen- was it Jennifer Aniston? Jennifer, Lo- and Jennifer Lopez, Lopez and Ben, and ben Affleck. Affleck. Yeah, and they've just got married. Yeah, but in the past – Brad Pitt and Jennifer oh, no, it was, maybe it was You're Brad getting too. them mixed up. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm getting so confused. So they were together and he then – He cheated and, oh, left and then Angelina yes. Jolie. Every – yeah, that was the theory, and so there were in my mum's generation. There was this fucking divide. There was this. I hate Angelina. Angelina's a slut. She's a whore. How dare she steal Brad? Kind of thing. Yeah, Jennifer Aniston all the way.
1: But that's not uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are in an open. They were in an open relationship when they married as well. So,
0: mm, there just sprinkle hey. that on there. See, we really. Yeah. We really don't know anything. Also, Jen- uh, yeah. Angelina Jolie's sexy as fuck. And I like, know. she looks like well, she's flirting with everyone. So- <laughs> it's, like, you
1: staring at my man? it's like, no, this is my resting seductive face. <laughs> <laughs> so, good. so good. That'd be nice to have that one. Yeah. yeah 100%. <sighs> it's interesting that we connect the media because the media is such a bad thing. Like I hate watching the news. It's so, it's just marketing. That's all it is. It's not real fucking stories the media has such an influence over whether Mm -hmm. we fear something, we hate something, we love something. Like we leave it up to the media to decide something. But in a way, if we want to (laughs) go big here, the media is almost like a metaphor for the sister or the belief systems or the stories we tell ourselves. Like we never ever just trust our own instinct or our own gut or have enough confidence and assertiveness to say, no, 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 that's not what I believe in. We're too scared to go against the grain of what the media says, what the politics are, what society says, or what the social norms are. And it's the same with almost with our belief systems that we've grown up our whole lives, what our parents have told us, what our families told us, what we've experienced in relationships. When the hell is it going to be our decision or what we truly believe? Like how how do these women even know that what their ideologies are isn't from themselves it's what we're forced to believe in society or because of our belief systems i don't know if any of that made sense but it came to me and i have to say.
0: <laughs> no okay it, it truly did i love it. Like, i feel yeah, like you're yeah, in this place okay. like, yes i'm digging it makes this sense
1: in my head but not out loud
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i thought it i i can wrap my head around it because i've had yeah. so many thoughts along the same lines and it's not until you do step back from the media or social media that you can, I feel you can start to actually yep. have your, and form your own opinions. Cause there's so much you can, you can read something online and you can, there's a naivety in reading a lot yep. of like gossip columns or like gossip magazines because you're forming beliefs possibly. Or thoughts as you read it that you didn't even and, realize that you're forming, and so, so if we're babe, constantly keep cutting you off, that's okay. If we're if you're constantly mm-hmm. reading from the same source, you're gonna end up taking on all the same ideas as this this writer or the company that they work for <laughs> or the company that owns that company, it's and ending. like. 100%, 100%. <laughs> And another
1: pop culture reference. You can tell what I watch in my spare Mm -hmm. time, but um, the Kardashians, right? I watch it religiously and I have to Mm -hmm. say I'm a huge fan. I'm so empowered by the fact that each of them run like six different companies each. Like they are just so empowering. That's what I get from it, like the business side of it. And they're so smart and I just wish I had their brains sometimes. Mm -hmm. Whereas people like my mum haven't ever watched the Kardashians, right? So her point of view is... All they know is why is she even famous and she made a sex tape and they call her dumb and all this stuff, right? And to me, I get super Mm. offended because I'm like, have you even watched the show? Like they own six companies each, like they run multiple businesses. Like they, yeah, they had a bit of money first, but like they've created this life for themselves. And Chris is the smartest manager I've ever met on the planet. Like I get super connected to it and it's their perceived idea and judgment on these women based on something that they probably regret in their past, e.g. the sex tape, and that's what they're known for forever. No one really understands mm-hmm. how they operate day-to-day. Like, they're mums. They have multiple children. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're mums. They run businesses. But as mm-hmm. a female, like, no one gives Ray J shit about having sex with Kim Kardashian. Like, this will haunt her for the rest of her life. But yeah. yeah, I just thought it was super fascinating and I thought I needed to say like the contrast between what society has put on her and labelled her versus what she actually is as a person. So I don't know where that came from, but
0: yeah. Super yeah. No, that that's a hmm. fantastic relatable example. The the public image of the Kardashians yeah. and the way that they get slandered all the time. Even for Kim. Um, losing weight to fit into the Marilyn Monroe dress I understand that that doesn't set the greatest example for young children but are you upset for young children are you uh, upset with her the fact that she lost weight and she did it and she looked fucking great yeah like there's such a shame there's also I was reading or listening to a um, podcast about the Mm -hmm. loving way of losing weight like it's all about your why and your intention but it was really thinking about it in terms of, like, Kim Kardashian. It, what mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't the most loving way for her body to lose weight, yeah. but there is a shame around losing weight. There's a shame in women yeah. doing whatever the fuck they want because mm-hmm. people put all their judgments on them, like you said. And if you're going into, even if you are to start watching the Kardashians, right, Yeah, which no, the from, beginning yeah, seasons the new, are probably the new show bit, is really like, good. trashy when you look back, but yeah, yeah, the new show is good. If you go into it already Mm -hmm. with this judgment of this woman has a sex tape, you're doomed from the get-go. You really have to open your mind and, yeah, clean the slate. She's like, okay, what what does this girl have to show me? And – that's they, right. Yes, the fact that's what that she's I a lawyer say. too.
1: She's a friggin' lawyer. Like, like she did an all actual that actual lawyer while she was running six companies and she had five children. So I don't know what you do in your spare time, but <laughs> I don't. Cry, I don't pass the bar, okay? And yeah, about like poor Chloe. <laughs> yeah. she was always labeled in society as the fat sister, mm. right? And she they made her hate herself. Yeah, mm-hmm. hate herself, hate the her body sister. so much. And then all this trauma she went through with being cheated on and very publicly multiple times, a divorce, she is now very thin and she's getting slammed for being too thin. This poor woman cannot win. Like the imagine, every time I read those comments on her photos, I just feel so bad for her. Can you imagine her sitting there like what do I got to do to be accepted in this world? Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. It just, I feel so horrible for some women. Like, it's just, we're so tough on them.
0: And it it is a good actual, actually a good indication of, you know, if you're watching a show and you have a judgment come up, Mm. thinking about like when in your life have you done that? And did you judge yourself for the same thing? That would Mm -hmm. be a very interesting, like relatable situation because at the end of the day, if you can't have compassion for that person, if you are to be in that position ever, you're you're not going to have compassion for yourself. And that's a hard life to live, to go through it, constantly judging yourself, mm-hmm. criticizing yourself, berating yourself. Like that's It
1: – You're right. It's a reflection
0: that's of yourself. not fun at all.
1: Yourself, whatever. No one creates your thoughts. You create your thoughts on your on, on your own. So if something does come up and it's critical or judgmental, that's a huge reflection upon yourself. Like why are you so mean? <laughs> Think about it. Why are you so mean? <laughs> <laughs> why are you
0: mean for – <laughs> yeah, Jack. you yeah, spend some time with yourself, girl. Thank you so, so much for listening all the way through. If you'd like to support me and or you enjoy the content that I'm putting out, please, please let me know. Leave me a rating on Spotify. You can even DM me if you want particular podcast guests on or you want people back on. I've had a lot of requests for Chaz again. So, yes, other than that, I hope you enjoy your day. I hope you took something from this podcast that can help you And I'll see you on the flip side. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's my new outro.